Alright, Dodgers fans, welcome back to the second installment of We Believe, a Dodgers Commentary. Uh, this is Jake here, along with Josie, or, or Joe. We are here to talk about the Dodgers. Uh, we just passed the All-Star break, and we're into the second half of the season. Just got through three games, started off pretty well against the Brewers. But uh, we've got a few things to talk about. Let's start with the big one, that acquisition before the trade deadline. What do you think of that, Josie? I still don't know how I feel about that, Jake. Manny Machado, I mean, he's a big deal, but it it was also a big deal, and I feel like the Dodgers may have got the short end of the stick in it. You really think the Dodgers got the short end of the stick? How much are we paying for the rest of the season? Something like $6 million? Yeah, 6.3, I think I heard it was. That's not that bad for a guy with the caliber of uh, Manny Machado. But you have to think about what else we gave up for him. The five prospects that we traded for Manny Machado. Okay, we had five prospects. Okay. Who did, who did we lose? First, and in my mind most importantly, Yasniel Diaz. So, so far this season, he's been playing mainly out of AA Tulsa. He's been hitting 314, six home runs, eight stolen bases. His walk-to-strikeout ratio has been great. Way more walks than strikeouts. It's really good. That's at a professional level. That's double-A Tulsa. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's nothing to, to spit at, but at the same time, it's not the majors. But still, he was on his way. He was actually invited to be part of the 2018 Futures game, and, of course, that game already okay. took place, and he hit two home runs for the world team. That's pretty good. Okay. And on top of that, he was projected to be ranked as number 33 prospect in the top 50 prospects in the MLB this year. For all of the prospects, not just Dodgers prospects. That's correct, number 33. That's too bad. Do you know what position he was playing? I don't. That's just his offensive. We've got his offensive stats up here, but no position. See, I hadn't really heard of Diaz. I'm not really big into following all of prospects until Mm -hmm. they actually poke their heads into the majors. Okay. So, who else did we lose? Um, one that you might recognize, Bravik Valera. He actually played about 20 mm. games for the Dodgers at the beginning that's of this right, season. That's right, that's right. He's okay. Yeah, he was okay. He's been in Triple A most of the season, hitting about 284. He's He hasn't been that great up in the majors. In the 20 games this season, his batting average was only 172, and he had five hits. That's not terrible for somebody yeah. first coming up, but it's not like a Cody Bellinger who just exploded onto the scene of the majors. Exactly. Compared to Diaz, I'm not nearly as devastated about losing Valera in this deal. Okay. I can see that. I can see that. So there was Valera. So who else did we lose? So we actually had two pitchers. Pitchers. We're always short on pitchers somehow, even though we have Kershaw. In the past, we had Granke. Mm -hmm. So first, I want to talk about Dean Kramer. Dean Kramer, okay. So he was in double-A Tulsa. He had one start in double-A where he had seven shutout innings and oh, struck out 11 men. That's great. And then when he was in Rancho Cucamonga, he his record was 5-3, ERA of 3-30, in 16 starts. So you're talking about Rancho. Like, we're talking about triple-A there? No. Rancho is single a. A. Oh, that's, yeah. uh, that's the Tri- Quakes or something, right? Yeah. yeah they're all right. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty but, good, but how how long does he actually last during the games? I'm talking about longevity. I'm talking about starting pitchers who are save our bullpens. So he's actually averaging a little less than five innings per game. If you do the math, it comes out to 4.94. I mean, that's not great, but I mean, maybe we could have used him in the bullpen in the future. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. I, I mean, mean, who knows? Think but. about what the Dodgers farm system does. 
we create the future. I mean, he could have been amazing. He could have been amazing. That's for sure. Speaking of amazing pitchers that we could have had, Zach Pop, another one in the steel. I mean, that that name alone <laughs> is made for the majors. He's Would got some it? pop. There you go. <laughs> So he was Class A, ERA of 1.04. How many starts? Was that one start? I bet that was one start. I don't know how many (laughs) starts it was. But he was averaging 9.8 strikeouts per nine innings. Oh, that's Kershaw numbers right there. Yeah. I mean, that's beautiful. He could have been amazing. And then the last part of the deal was Ryland Bannon, who I had never heard before. He was in Rancho Cucamonga, hitting 296, 20 homers, 61 RBI. In, like, 340 plate appearances. Okay, so what I've mostly heard from some of my Dodgers friends is that we lost a a bunch of nobodies from Machado. We got this great deal, but based on what you're telling me right now, we actually lost some value to our farm system. Exactly. I think a lot of people, if we're not trading, like, our major leaguers, they think that it's nothing, so they're like, oh, we don't see them, they don't matter to us, they won't make an impact right Right. now. But these guys, they could have been the future of the Dodgers, and now they're Orioles. That's pretty sad. It's pretty sad mm-hmm. when you put it that way. I mean, I, I, I think that that's probably why the Orioles were willing, were willing to go with the Dodgers for the trade. Because mm-hmm. right now, I think they're they're just saying to themselves, let's start from scratch, let's start over, let's build for the future. And that's why they were willing to take farm guys. And Listening to what you're talking about with the guys we lost, looks like they got a pretty good good deal mm-hmm. there. But can we talk about Machado a little bit? Like, what what value is he bringing us? The deal is done. We have him. He's a Dodger. I feel pretty happy about it based on his first few starts. But tell me your thoughts. Yes. So over his first three games with the Dodgers, so far he, we've given him 13 at bats. He's given us five hits. God. One of those was an extra base hit. That's, I mean, I, I was watching that today, yeah. Mm-hmm. Double. He's that was had, with an RBI. Yeah. Yep, that was his RBI. He's walked a couple of times. He's only struck out once. His average with the Dodgers is 385, which is great. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. But didn't we have a couple walks in that those 13? Because he was, he was doing really well over those first mm-hmm. three games. That's right. He had two walks as well, putting his on-base percentage up to 390. That's it? Yeah. Five out of 13, so he had seven. Okay, that's really good. Mm-hmm. Shoot, I'm pretty happy with that. Exactly. Go Machado. Yeah, and even his slugging is 571. I mean... In the last episode, we we had been talking before Machado was actually um, acquired by the Dodgers, right? Or traded to the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And I predicted that his batting average coming in to make the switch from an American League team to the National League team would have been a little sluggish. It would have been a slow start. Apparently not. I yeah. used the example of Stanton going from Miami to the New York Yankees mm-hmm. and being a little bit stagnant to start the season. Mm-hmm. But maybe American League pitchers are are better than they are in my head. You know, that's possible. I mean, I think it was also kind of unfair for us to compare him to Stanton. I mean, sure. I guess the Marlins and the Orioles, you could say they're kind of similar. And I guess maybe even the Yankees and the Dodgers. Are the Orioles that bad? I don't pay attention to the American The Orioles are doing terrible this year. They have the lowest winning percentage in the American League yeah, with 280. Oh, they're I heard they terrible. weren't doing great, but it's holy a, it's Actually, that's the worst in the entire MLB. The lowest in the National League is only 406. So that's oh, substantially Baltimore. below oh, anybody Baltimore. else in the league. Okay, that's fair. Well, 
know, they, they got some they got some good news with our prospects. But mm-hmm. let's get back to Machado. So back to Machado. Back to Machado. He's on the Dodgers. He seems happy to be on the Dodgers. You see him on the bench. I haven't seen him really talk to too many guys so far. But mm-hmm. you saw that video with Wood Wood and Turner uh, during the All Star break, hearing the news. They were on a boat in some lake. They were overjoyed, and I think you had mentioned that Machado had seen the video. Is that right? Yeah, and he said that it it kind of soothed his nerves. It made him feel a lot more comfortable walking into that clubhouse. And Roberts has actually said after his first game that he was kind of keeping an eye on Machado to see how he'd fit in, and he seemed so comfortable with the guys, and he just fit in with them, and he was talking to them in the clubhouse. It just seems like, and they just guys. took him in. Can can we talk about? Okay, I, I mean. Let's talk about the contrast, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hate too much on Logan Forsyth. He tries hard. He comes through for us in the clutch and everything. I know we're paying him a lot of money, but he's he's trying, right? Mm-hmm. He, Logan, if you're listening, and I know you are, I'm sorry, buddy, but here's the thing. When a reporter had asked Logan Forsyth early in the season if, if he was surprised that he was starting to get starts in, with the Dodgers, he said, I knew if I got the chance... If I got the at-bats, I could go for it. It was just kind of this this confidence that I think mm-hmm. is necessary for a lot of baseball players to have at one point or another. Just this sort of almost overconfidence and maybe a little bit of mm-hmm. arrogance. That comment sort of felt like Mattingly saying when he knew he was about to get you know let go, not got not get renewed for his contract. When Mattingly said, you know, I, I know I can manage. I can manage anywhere. It's just kind of this arrogance. It's it's no no humili- humility. That's in contrast to Machado and his first conference where he, they said he was a Dodger and and he was talking about being a Dodger. He said, you got to remember, this is already a great, great team. Mm-hmm. My goal is to just be myself and to contribute in the ways that I can, not to do everything. That seems really nice to me. Yeah, and something, I'm not sure if it was during that same interview, but something that stood out to me was in an interview He emphasized the fact that it's a team sport, and he was just coming to the Dodgers to help however he could, whether it was defense, offense, third base, shortstop, or wherever. He was just there to play and have a good time. Boy, I like this guy already. This is great. This is going to be a good season. He's great, and I like him and all. I'm just sad that Tolls had to get sent down to make room for him. Why did Tolls have to go down? We love Tolls. I don't know. If anybody listened to our last episode, they know how much I love Tolls. I mean, you're a big Tolls fan. I like Tolls. Tolls has got the energy. He's got the effort. I wish he would not have been sent down, but whatever. But I guess guess Machado does have a little bit more versatility. I mean, right now he is playing shortstop while Seager's out, and he's been doing amazing, and he might even be put at third in a couple of weeks after he's had a chance to work out there a couple of weeks. Well, Muncy, I mean, my God, he had those errors yesterday. How many errors did he have? He had two yesterday and another one today at third after Turner was taken out. Get out of here. Yep. Muncy had another error today? Yeah. He's just, Muncy's just had a little bit of a rough go at it at third, so it would be great if we could get... Well, you know, Machado in there. Right. Muncy is a natural first baseman. Yes. And I know Machado said he's he's a team player and he's willing to, to have more flexibility for moving away mm-hmm. from shortstop, which is his desired position. But I think he might be a little bit better there at third than maybe a guy like Muncy would be. Even though Bellinger is our first baseman and he's definitely a natural first baseman, he can also play outfield. He's done well this season for us in he the has. outfield. Well, I just think that it's important to give Machado a chance on the defense. I mean, do you, oh. do you remember the the play yesterday 
in the game. Oh, yeah. So second inning against the Brewers, and he made that spectacular play where he had to travel 139 feet to get to the ball. Was it 139 feet? Yep. And then his exchange time was only .77 seconds I don't know to what get Keon Broxton out at first. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh, you're talking great. about, like, from the time he ca- caught the ball, yeah. touched his fingers to, to the get time. get it out. Get yeah. out of here. Point seven seven seven. Oh, what a great guy. To get the precision, to get him out at first. You guys, I don't... Okay, listeners, I don't know when you're you're listening to this, if it's in July of 2018 still, or if it's in August of 2050, and we're dead. I don't know when it is. But if you go into the archives and look at the, the replays from July 22nd, 2018, Dodgers versus Brewers... Look at Machado's defensive play, and that was not the mm-hmm. play you were talking yeah. about. This was today. The he, one where he threw to second. Right? Oh, he threw to second, but it was a ball that should have easily gone past shortstop. It should have mm-hmm. gone into the outfield. It could have been, I, I don't know if it could have been a double, but it definitely was a hit, right? Mm-hmm. It was by Ryan Braun, and he hit it um, past Machado, but Machado was running back. Got the ball, flipped it to second, got the guy out at second because somebody was on first. So it wasn't counted as a hit. It was counted as a fielder's choice. It was beautiful. Just an absolutely beautiful Mm -hmm. acrobatic play by Machado. And it made me happy because since very early on in the the season, we haven't had somebody who's a real shortstop at short. I mean, Chris Taylor did used to play shortstop before coming to the Dodgers. So he's a a real shortstop. It's just not where we use him. He's not a physical... I mean, he's... How do I say this? He's small. He's short. I'm, I'm a small guy, right? Yeah. I probably shouldn't guy. be starting shortstop for any team anywhere, right? I'm, yeah. I'm a pretty tiny person. I'm a tiny guy, mm-hmm. right? Taylor's great. He's got the effort. He's got the agil- uh, agility, the mobility. He's got what it takes to be a big leaguer. Mm-hmm. But would I rather have Taylor or Machado at shortstop? Machado. I don't know. Probably Machado, right? I Based agree. Today's and yesterday's plays. I mean, probably. I... I don't recall seeing too many spectacular plays like that from Machado, or from uh, Taylor that I saw from Machado the last couple of days. To be fair, I feel like we're watching Machado a lot closer than we've been watching Taylor because we want to know if our investment is going to be worth it. And that's true, but but uh, Taylor's got that butt, so yeah, we, <laughs> we, we, <laughs> we watch that. Uh, yeah, but speaking of that contrast, we've got... You've got Forsythe. Can we talk about Forsythe? I just need him to get out of my life. I know that's harsh. I just... <laughs> sorry, I'm Logan. So I'm sorry. Him. Yeah, he's... Yeah. What is he hitting? He's barely hitting over 200 or something. I saw that today. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, even in his career, he's only hitting 248. And so far this season, he's hitting... After today's game, he's hitting 219. 248 isn't terrible. But we're paying him a hell of Yeah. We're paying him money. Yeah. I'm paying him a lot of money. I buy tickets to go see the Dodgers. My tickets go to the ownership. Owners pay the Dodgers. I'm paying Logan yeah. Forsyth. Here, and right? here's the thing. We don't really need him. Logan Forsyth really only ever plays second, and we have five other guys that can play second base a hell of a lot better than he can. God, I mean, starting with Utley, my God. Yeah, I mean, we have Utley, we have Kike, we have Barnes, Kike. we have Taylor, we have Muncie. God. They can all play second, and... As far as I know, they all have much better batting averages, so they're better defensively Probably and better offensively. Probably better than 219, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, I, I hate to say it, but since Forsyth has been on the Dodgers, I have not been a believer since probably the very beginning. Um, yeah. 
since he came up to the Dodgers last year, I... Here's the thing. I just haven't liked him. Every once in a while, he comes up with a clutch offensive performance, right? Yes. Every once in a while, he comes up with a clutch defensive play. And then every once in a while, he has three errors in one game. (laughs) All I'm saying is he's trying. And I think he has at times provided value for the Dodgers. But is the value that he's bringing... mm, more uh, substantial than the the what we're paying him. Let's let's look at it this way. So he's supposed to be great against left-handed pitching. That's supposed to be his thing. Okay. Before today's game, he was hitting 187 versus left-handed oh, pitchers. That's less than 19 percent. And over the last four weeks, it was just batting 100 against left. This is terrible. Pitchers. Yeah, I would say take it. So yeah. it's terrible. And even if you look at his walk to strikeout rate, he's striking out t- more than twice as often as he's walking. It's like 16 versus 37. Our general manager's got to get him out before the trade deadline. Which, by the way, isn't that coming up like next week? I think the trade deadline is July 31st. Okay, so we're so. At July 22nd, so that's nine days away. Yeah. <sighs> We've got to get him out. Yeah, we have to. I mean, we're we we are like inches away from from crossing that uh, luxury tax threshold. We're mm-hmm. under the two hundred million dollar mark, right, for this season. Yeah, I think we have about eight million to spare, or something like that. Oh, we just need to get rid of him, just like the Padres did in twenty thirteen and the Rays did in twenty seventeen. We just gotta say, see you later, Logie Bear. <laughs> Logie Bear. Our, really, we just gotta hope he doesn't get injured so that we can still trade him. That's Even true. though we have a lot of guys who are injured right now who we don't want to trade, right? So let's talk about our injuries. Let's let's talk about our injury list and where we stand with that. Okay. I think right now the first one that I have to talk about is Justin Turner. I mean, you're a big Justin Turner guy. I'm a big You've Justin Turner guy. You talk to him on Twitter guy. or Instagram, where did you, uh, Both, yeah. all, yeah. everywhere I can. <laughs> it's almost embarrassing. I mean, he's a beautiful man. He's a beautiful man. He's yeah. a talented guy. He's, he's a great so team nice. player. He's so great. He's so oh, great. He's so great. So, today's game was Justin Turner's first start in seven games, and he left early due to growing tightness. I mean, he's just, he's hurting. He's yes. after 2017 campaign, I think he could have taken a year off. Nobody would have blamed yeah. him. It would have been fine. Welcome him back, open arms. It's just so sad to see because the game that he started today was just his 50th start of the season because of all these injuries that he's had all season, starting with his wrist and then his wrist acting up again. It's just been ridiculous. And then today, he got that double that I think he scored Machado, and then he left in the middle of the third inning. God. Turner got a double today? Yeah. Oh, that's great. I love Turner. And then yesterday, we used him off the bench, and that was his first time in a game since July 12th. Well, I mean, we had the all-star breaks. We had yeah. one week off and everything. So we, we had so a little bit in there, okay, but okay. we still haven't been using break. the guy very much because he's been so injured. Yeah. And it's just sad to see because he's such an asset to the team. I mean, think about the first month of the season when he was out with his fracture in his wrist. That was the worst month of the exactly. season for us. And then he came back, and all of a sudden... Even though he wasn't doing that spectacular, yeah. he was just playing like Justin Turner. It was just having him back and knowing he was there. It's like all of the guys just stepped it up. Yeah, I mean, I would hate for him to um, feel that kind of pressure that you're putting out there, that he needs to be on the team for us to be playing mm-hmm. at, a, at an above-average level. Like, um, for the Dodgers for the last five years or so, 
it hasn't been so much that we're chasing anybody else in the National League West. It's more that we're chasing that 600 record, right? As long as we're fighting for that 600 record and we're getting close to that or, or exceeding that, I think the Dodgers are doing well. And they've done well, right? And we're, mm-hmm. we're approaching that at this point, right? What's our winning percentage? Um, I think it's something like five, 5.56. Okay, 5.56. I mean, that's a pretty good record. And in the NL West, that's enough for us to be in first place, thankfully. We'll talk more about that soon. But uh, I don't want Turner to feel that much personal pressure. I just want him to be healthy, to get the rest he needs, so that when he's ready to come back, he can come back and stay and not have to come out in the middle of games in the third inning because he's got mm-hmm. groin issues. I think that's just that's just really unfortunate, mm-hmm. you know. And speaking about coming out in the middle of the games, can we talk about Puig? Oh, Puig. He's expected to come back while we're in Atlanta. Has he not come back since playing the Angels? Yeah, that's right. He's oh. been out since July 8th when he was placed on the DL because of that oblique strain. Oh, so no. since he was taken out of that game against the Angels mid at bat, we haven't seen him. Have we seen him in the dugout at all? I don't remember seeing him. I don't think so. God, that is sad. I think Wild we, horse. Yeah, I think he's been in Oklahoma City. He's been doing his rehab, but we don't know what game he's going to be back. But we know that he should be back in Atlanta. And Roberts hasn't even really said much on whether or not he'll be in the starting rotation or if we'll use him off the bench. We just know... He'll be back. We've got a surplus of players, which is a great problem to have. We have a surplus, right? But yeah. it's nice to see Puig in the outfield. It's nice to have those mm-hmm. wonderful outplay, outfield plays that he makes and assists. And it's great to have his energy. Oh, he's got like, that great energy. He's punching and hugging and kissing Turner Ward in the dugout. He's, exactly. Yeah, he's pumping up his arms every time there's a home run mm-hmm. at the top of the dugout. Where is he at? We need him. We need him. We need him. That's, let's let's talk about uh, who else is injured right now. Um, so the, he's been gone for a while, but Urias. Oh, I have almost forgotten about Urias, but tell me about this guy. Okay, so he had surgery in June 2017. Okay, that was a while ago. Yeah, but <laughs> and he's not going to be back for a little ago. bit. He's still got a little bit to go before he comes back, but he's expected to begin his minor league rehab stint in August. Okay, okay. So he may be back in our bullpen by the end of the season. Well, that would be great. That would be lovely. But I've almost forgotten about Urias. Well, <laughs> I don't think he was that big of a deal before he left, well, was he? The plan is for Roberts <laughs> to give him a lot of time to come back. Like he's not going to be a starter right away. He's going to be. We've ha- we've had those guys who have filled these roles for pitching um, just over the months and years that that the Dodgers have been around, right? I mean, even just this season alone, we've got guys mm-hmm. come up like Ferguson. We've had Alexander. Uh, uh, g- What's that guy's name whose brother came from Seattle or something? Goodell. Goodell. Yeah, we've had these guys come up out of nowhere, mm-hmm. seemingly nowhere. Last year, it was Last, Morrow, yeah, you know? Yeah, Morrow. Morrow, gosh. gosh. This makes me sad. Yeah, he's on the Cubs. It's like, gosh. We I'll need to see. move on from yeah, him. Get, yeah, get out of here. Okay, so um, how about let's, let's talk about Singrani. So I don't have a lot of updates on Singrani, but both he and Fields are still working toward a full recovery. We don't know when they're going to be back, how their rehab is going. We just know that they're still injured. 
still not back in our bullpen. Okay, well, okay. We'll but on the other side, Baez is expected to be back in the next couple of days. Yep, didn't it seem like hitters were starting to figure Baez out? I just feel like Baez was losing confidence. I mean, think about it. Last year, Morrow took his spot as our eighth inning guy. Uh, uh, he deserved it, yes. Yes. And then this year... I, I guess he's been kind of forgettable this year, hasn't he? Well, he I don't remember when it was, but at a certain point at the end of last season, uh, his pitching just sort of, for lack of a better phrase, went down the tubes, right? Mm-hmm. It, it went. It, he just totally lost it. He started giving up hits every single eighth inning. He became unreliable. He started becoming the seventh inning guy or sixth inning if we needed him. So... I, I think it was in the playoffs when we really didn't like Baez being out there. So, I don't know. Have the batters figured him out, or has he lost confidence? I don't know. Either way, he's not the same Baez that he used to be. No, he used to be Jansen Jr. Yeah. And that's what he used to be. And now he's like Jansen Jr., but Jansen from the start of this season. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Jansen from the yeah, Really struggling. Okay, yeah. I get you. I get you. Okay. Okay. So who else is injured? So he's not technically injured still, but I want to talk about Bueller. 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 Walker Bueller. Bueller. Oh my God. Okay. Bueller. (laughs) (laughs) So we all know what happened to Bueller. He took that ball to the ribs and then he was out on the DL, brought him back early when Fields went on the DL. Joe, may I have an applause? Thank you. For the last ep- in the last episode, I mentioned how I thought Bueller should be sent back down to the minors just for a time. The next day, he was recalled and he was set to start for us. It didn't go great, and now he's in the minors. Am I right? I'm right. I feel like Roberts and the management over there in LA they know what I'm talking about. He needs some more time in the minors. He's done great for us. He's shown flashes of greatness. I mean, so the thing is, yeah, he had that hard relief roll right after we brought him back early. That Kershaw game. But, I mean, he was still injured. He had no place being in that game. Management should not have brought him up. No. But then he had his first start back on July 13th. He pitched five innings, and it was rough. Six hits, two earned runs. Still won the game, though. Bueller. But he's expected to start for us on Wednesday against the Phillies. You're kidding me. Yeah, he's oh. going to be called back up. They're thinking about making room for him in a six-man rotation. Can we edit this video to take out the applause? I feel terrible now. Okay, anyways, continue. Well, Jeez. <laughs> so, so Wednesday, that okay, that may uh, impede our chances at, at staying in first place. It's kind of been uh, rough up and down here. But hey, let's let's look a little bit at his stats. So this season, he started eleven games for us. ERA 3.45. Not terrible. Not terrible, but... And I feel like his last couple of starts right off the DL in that one relief position really hindered his ERA. Okay. So, I I don't have the number, but I wish that I had his ERA from before his injury so we could see what he looks like when he's in his prime. So would you like to only look at pitchers' ERAs when they're playing well? Because then everybody's pitching at two ERAs. I just want to see what he would look like just before his injury, when he's healthy. Sure. I think there's a difference between pitching healthy and pitching well. You know? Who's the Dodgers trainer this season? I don't even know. There was I haven't followed since. Are you talking about 
other than Honeycutt? No, he's our, our pitching coach. I'm talking about the, the Dodgers, like the, the trainer. I don't know. I'll figure it out later. Cool. So Thomas Albert's the assistant athletic trainer, according to Google. But whatever. Anyways, I don't want an injured Bueller who still needs time to mature, really young. Uh, I don't want him coming up and sort of blowing our chance at sticking this first place. So this is actually kind of what the manic what our management is thinking. We need to use him enough to keep him fresh, to keep him in it, but they want to reserve his arm and not overwork him so we can use him in the postseason. That would be great if we could use him to be a reliable pitcher in the postseason, mm-hmm. but do you actually think that's going to happen? Yes. <laughs> okay. You're a believer. I'm a believer. We believe. A Dodgers game commentary. <laughs> <laughs> that's us. Viva Los Dodgers. Okay, so we're in first place. Yeah. How do you feel about that, Joe? I feel like we still aren't doing that well. I know. <laughs> I mean, look at, think about it. So, the Dodgers would only be in first place in one other division in the entire MLB. Okay. And that is in the AL Central. That's pretty t- rough. Not even like the NL Central, not even the NL East? Nope. Wow. Okay. In the NL Central, they'd barely be in second place. Oh, wow. In fact, in most of and half of all of the divisions, the Dodgers wouldn't even be in second place. Well, that, They'd be in third great. or lower. That's not great. But I mean, you've got the NL West, which has recently been a very competitive division, very oh, yeah. competitive. So we're sort of just, I feel like, beating up on each other. I would say that was especially true for 2015 through 2017. Mm-hmm. I, I'm still really in the trenches for the 2018 season, so I can't. I don't feel like I have a bird's eye view of what's going on until I mean, maybe the season's over. I mean, for sure. I mean, in the NL West right now, both Arizona and the Rockies are within two games of the Dodgers. God, that is, that's very competitive. Mm-hmm. But it could be that we're all just sucking, right? That's that could true. be the case. But whereas in the past, like 20, 2016, 2017, it was more like, you know what? We have worse records than, the, than a lot of the teams in the Central or, e- or the East. But we are beating up on those divisions mm-hmm. whenever we play them, right? Whenever, yeah. whenever anybody from the West plays those divisions, we're beating up on them. Mm-hmm. It could be that we're, we just suck this season. You know, it could, it be. could be. It right? could be. It could. I mean, we'll have to wait and see. Let me get out of the trenches for a moment and and, and look with a bird's eye view. I'll come back next time and talk about that. But, mm-hmm. anyways, I, I again like like it seems like when you talk about the Dodgers, you like talking about the leapfrog. Who's in first place? Are we going to be in first place? We're, you know, we're at halfway at the halfway point in the baseball season. That doesn't seem as important to me as just chasing 600. It, for me, it doesn't matter if the Rockies are somehow ha- they have a 700 winning percentage mm-hmm. or if second place has under 500 winning percentage. As long as we're chasing 600, I feel like that's a safe place to be. So, talking about chasing 600, currently in the MLB there are only Four teams with a win percentage 600 or higher. Only that. I mean, that sounds pretty but good to me. <laughs> they're all in the American League. Oh God, the, the Red Sox, League. the Yankees, the Astros, and the Mariners. They're such a top-heavy league. In the National League, only one team is kind of close, and that's the Cubs at 592. Cubs are a good team, but they're they a good you know, team. and they've got the Brewers in their division right now, who are su- the p- surprise team of baseball. Mm-hmm. The surprise team. I mean, besides the Phillies, perhaps, or are there any surprise teams? The I mean, Orioles there are some teams that are surprisingly bad. Orioles? Orioles. The 
shoot, the Mets aren't doing well at the all. Mets, the oh. Nationals. In my bracket, I had the Mets finishing the season in second. Yeah. God. And the Nationals, everyone well, probably thought that they yeah, were going mean, to take it home. My brother Spencer thought that they were going to win it all, but I mean, he doesn't know anything. <laughs> Hi, Spencer. Hey, Spencer. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah. So MLB in general. Can we talk about Yankees and Red Sox this season? It, as a baseball fan, it is always glorious to see a, a rivalry that's historically been competitive be alive and well. Yeah, because of this, one of the wild card teams are likely going to go into the wild card game with over a hundred wins. Oh my god! And that's because that we would know be that, amazing. And that's because we know that either the Yankees or the oh. Red Sox. Are going to be in that wild wild card game. That would be incredible. <laughs> that would be so cool to see. But then, what if that one hundred team, one hundred win team in the wild card lost? I mean, at the, second at, at the looks of it right now, it it could be two one hundred. So I'm looking teams. at it right now. Oh my god! I didn't realize the Yankees were five back from the Red Sox. Yeah, I didn't realize are. they had pulled away so yeah, fast. Yeah, all of the leads in the American League Jeez. are by at least five games. Oh my word! Okay, so maybe the the Red Sox Yankees rivalry isn't going as intensely as I thought it was maybe a couple weeks ago. Wow. Okay. Okay. Well, go Red Sox. I mean, that's cool to see. Dave Roberts, of course, had. Really good time with the Red Sox in 2004 in the playoffs. He had that that famous stolen base that won them that in that game four in uh, in Boston and helped them win against the Yankees. Love Dave Roberts. He actually played with Nomar Garcia Parra. Nomar Garcia Parra, a broadcaster for the Dodgers. So I'll come home to roost. All right, Oral Hershiser. Oh my God. Oh my God. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> So, how's the NL doing? The NL is a lot closer and harder to call than the American League is. Think about it. In the NL West, as we've already said, we have both the Diamondbacks and the Rockies within two games of the Dodgers. In the Central, the Cubs and the Brewers are only three and a half games apart. In the East, the Braves and the Phillies are tied. That's amazing. Everything's neck and neck. Even if you look at the range of our winning percentages, it just goes from 406 to 592. That is so close. And you compare that to the American League, which is 280 to 693. God. It's such a closer, tighter division or league this year. You know what? I've, uh, of course, I have Dodgers bias. I have National League bias. And I think the National League is just so much more interesting to watch on a day-to-day basis than the American League. But especially in seasons like this, where the top teams in one league are so much better than the worst teams, I don't like that as much. You know, it's like when I'm watching the Dodgers play against the Padres, I would like to think the Dodgers are going to beat the Padres, you know, three out of four games, right? I would Mm -hmm. like to think that. That may not be the case. The Padres might, you know, surprises come back. But if you're watching the Red Sox play, play against the Orioles... I don't know. Mm-hmm. May not be the case. But you're also the kind of guy that, let's say today when we were watching the Dodgers and the Brewers, 11-2 to two game, you were like, yeah, this isn't so fun anymore. I wish it was close. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, go Dodgers. You know, well, they brought out their position players to start pitching against us, and it was more like, you know, it was like the Dodgers just started taking it easy on them. I, I like to see us go all out all the time. You know? I see. And I like to see the opposing team at 2-11. I would like to think 
I would like to think, I know it's a long season, a lot of games, a lot of bats, at-bats to be played. I would like to think if we're losing 2-11, to 11, we're still fighting. You know, every mm-hmm. at-bat, we're still fighting, thinking, you know what, we can come back nine runs. Especially in the third or fourth inning, whenever it was decided to bring out their mm-hmm. position players to come pitch. But so it was the sixth inning. You know, okay. Oh, I'm glad you actually know, know the Dodgers. As you listeners probably understand by now, she knows so much more about baseball than I do, but... As I said before, I'm the Joe Davis, and he's the Oral Hirsch. Wow, well, did you say that before? That's I mean, really I, hurtful. I, I called you Oral. <laughs> yeah, that's so. true. <laughs> God. <laughs> Joe Davis. I love Joe Davis. Joe Davis. I wish I could be Joe Davis. Following Joe Davis on social media was the best decision I made in my life. (laughs) Well, he's a great guy. Thank you, uh, everyone, for tuning in to this this, uh, little session of our podcast. We believe a Dodgers game commentary. Uh, Yeah, hopefully we'll be speaking with you guys again soon. Bye. Goodbye.